This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Inglis. The Newcastle Jockey Club put on a great show for the inaugural running of the Hunter and now the Illawarra Turf Club takes over to close the Everest Carnival with the gong, a $1 million race over the Kembla Mile. It all started on Epsom Day, October the 5th, seven weeks of spring racing, the like of which Sydney has never seen before. The famous Kembla Grange racecourse has expanded rapidly as a training centre over the last three decades, while regular Saturday and midweek race meetings are complemented by Kembla's spacious stretches. It's the perfect venue for a $1 million provincial race for three-year-olds and upwards over 1,600 metres. Kembla will also host a tab highway for Class 3 horses over the same distance as the gong. What a way to bring down the curtain on the spectacular Everest Carnival. The gong, Kembla Grange, Saturday. There's a young female jockey currently based at Ningen in the middle of New South Wales who's had many addresses in her 26 years. If you're a racing follower who uses social media, you'll be familiar with the name of Wendy Peel. Her enthusiasm and passion for riding racehorses shows through in every tweet and every post on Facebook and Instagram. It sounds like a well-worn phrase, but this girl really has been in the saddle since age two, and very few days of her life have gone by without some contact with horses. Pony club, show jumping, dressage, eventing, hacking, yearling preparation, you name it, Wendy Peel has had a crack at it. Surprisingly, she was a late starter as a jockey. On one of several trips to New Zealand, she was asked to ride track work by trainer Gary Vile at Palmerston North and was instantly hooked. She was initially apprenticed to Peter Robel at Randwick, transferred to Sue Grills at Tamworth and is now with Rodney Robb at Ningen. You won't believe what Wendy Peel has crammed into 26 years. You won't believe the sacrifices she's made to pursue her career as a professional jockey and you won't believe the miles she's travelled to make it happen. She's in drought-ravaged Ningen as she joins the podcast. Thanks for joining us, Wendy. Uh, thank you for having me on here, John. I appreciate it. You got about 25 millimetres of rain out there recently, but you'd never know it. That's, that's right. It's, um, it's that drought-stricken country, and, and it'll take um, a lot of rain for... Um, to repair the country, it's just become that bad now. Like um, Rodney, my master, mm. he said he's never seen it this bad in his life, and he's um, sixty odd years of age. So mm. goes to show how bad a condition it's in, and um, all we can pray for is some more rain soon. Mm. Rodney has never left Ningen; it's his hometown. He's had a very successful career, and I think people have wondered why he didn't move to a bigger regional centre such as Dubbo, but he's happy where he is. Yeah, that's right. He He's born and bred here. And I think he just, obviously, he loves it here on the land and that. And he's got his sheep and, and well, normally does run cattle as well. But with the drought, he doesn't have cattle now. But I think he just loves it out here. And his style of training and that often um, suits a lot of problem horses that he does acquire from um, a lot of trainers 
in the in central New, New South Wales. So mm. um, yeah, his system seems to work and he gets good results. So I can't imagine um, him ever moving now. And he must have quite a big team in work. Yes, we have about 35 in work out here at the moment. Um, and plus, like, there's always breakers coming through, which his son, um, Brett, he does a lot of break-in and that and um, gets them going. So, yeah, it's quite busy out here. Despite the drought conditions, you work those horses on the Ningen Racecourse. I imagine you'd be yeah. breathing plenty of dust. Is there any water at all they can use on the track? Um, they are allowed to water it once a week, so they water it on a Monday night. So it's um, quite good for us to gallop on Tuesday morning. Sometimes if we really need to, um, they will water it, um, you know, on a Wednesday or Thursday night again if we really need to work horses along. But um, it doesn't take long for it to dry out, especially lately. We've had these terrible winds and that, so um, everything just dries out very quickly. You're on loan to Rodney from your former boss, Sue Grills at Tamworth, with whom you spent a very happy 18 months. Now, how did the new arrangement come about? Yes, that's right. I, I had a great time with Sue and she was um, she was a great master to me and, um, and supported me well and she was very lenient in allowing me to travel here, there and everywhere to chase rides um, all over the countryside. It's I... I've been quite good friends with Rodney um, for a while now since I started riding mm. up in the northwest area. He's put me on horses and he asked me if I wanted to come along to the Birdsville circuit this year and I went up there with him and his team and we spent nearly a month up there mm. and he said, look, what are you doing with your riding and that? So I said, I just want to spend a little bit more time in the country mm. um, and try and ride without a claim, a few winners and that. Mm. and then look at going to Brisbane, hopefully, um, sometime in the new year. So mm. he said, well, you can come out here, and I know working for Rodney, I'll get the support of him, which I need when you come out of riding, out riding your claim. And, mm. um, yeah, he has been great to me, and um, I look forward to the next few months here. Mm. Your country claim is long gone, and Sue Grills had another promising kid on the way through, Yvette Lewis who did have a claim, and that reduced opportunities even more. Yes, that's right. And and you can understand, like, trainers have, have owners to deal with. Like, um, if, they, if they want to put a senior on, like, I, I understand Sue's decision. If she wants to put a senior on, she'll put Greg Ryan on or, or Manny Cole or someone like that. And if she wants mm. to claim, then she's got her claim claiming in front of Sarah Yvette Lewis, and she's going well. Yeah. So um, I completely respect her decision and um, things like that. So I just sort of had to, you know, take the next step and do what's best for my career. Mm. I mentioned Yvette Lewis. You would have been a tutor of sorts uh, for young Yvette. She's going well. She is going well. Um, I'm not sure if I was a very good mentor, but um, I tried to give her bits of advice here and there, but um, no, she's going well and doing a good job about writing her claim. I think she'd, she'd nearly be down to um, one and a half soon, so mm. no, she's going well. Now, Wendy, just to give our listeners an idea of what you put yourself through to ride racehorses, let's take the case of Saturday the 9th and Sunday the 10th of November. You were offered rides at the Saturday night meeting at Toowoomba. You didn't want to miss the opportunity 
but you'd already taken seven rides at the Warren meeting in Western New South Wales on the Sunday. Now, take it from the beginning. You live in Ningen. You've got to get to Toowoomba. When did you start your journey? Saturday morning? Yeah, I got up Saturday morning, road track work out here at Ningen, and I drove to Dubbo, caught a flight from Dubbo to Brisbane, um, jumped off the plane, hired a car, drove from there to Toowoomba races, uh, made it just in time with my flight being delayed, and then I raced there, went to have four rides at Toowoomba, drove um, after the races a couple of hours back down to Gundawindi, stayed there. I think I got up and left at five o'clock Queensland time at Gundawindi and arrived back just in time, I think around 12.30 at Warren races for the first. Good heavens. I don't think you were too worried that a couple of those rides were scratched, but you still finished up with five, but thank goodness... One of them won, which took all the pain away. You won the Cotton Cup on that beautiful big track at Warren on a mare called Bells and Bows for your boss, Rodney Robb. I I watched the replay, actually, Wendy. She didn't want to come back to you in the first 200 metres. She was tossing the head around. Yeah, look, she's a funny mare. Um, Normally Clayton does ride her. I've ridden her once when we're up north at uh, Baduria Road and she often has a habit of missing the kick but um, the last few starts she's been jumping well and putting herself up there but mm. I I elect like we elected to go forward I came across got in the box seat and I thought look if I can get some cover I'd be happy with that I didn't really want to leave so um, yeah she did throw her head a little bit but once she settled and came back underneath me she relaxed beautifully and um, mm. was able to push out of the top of the straight and get a nice run but um, she, I don't know she's a nice mare going forward and I think she will get the 2,000 metres um, I think yeah. we're going to take it in Gosford next Friday I think there's a 1,900 metre race down there for her Well you're from a very horsey family your paternal grandfather taught you many of the basics. Your mum, Karen, was a great hand with a horse, and so was your dad's sister, Joy. So you had as many mentors as you needed. They were everywhere. Uh, that's right. I, um, I, I was quite lucky um, growing up into a, a horse family and um, and and with my family having sort of um, done a bit of everything that certainly um, helped. And I think these days, like, you need to be able to, you know, be able to do eventing and do dressage and, and do a bit of everything. And it just moulds you as a better rider and gives you a good grounding for when you do become a jockey. A lot of um, kids these days, they just come out want to be a jockey and learn to ride at racehorse and off they go. I'm not sure how they do that, but um, I was very blessed to be able to learn to ride on a property and muster cattle and do all those sorts of things and go through pony club. And um, probably when I was younger, I didn't appreciate the good advice they had around me, but as I've gotten older, I certainly appreciate it now. Great grounding. Your first brush with thoroughbreds came when you were in your teens. You worked for a season at the famous Arrowfield Stud preparing yearlings. A terrific experience for a starry-eyed kid. Yeah, it, it was a great experience um, to work there at Arrowfield um, Stud prepping yearlings. So I think Megan Kelso, she um, she's a great horsewoman and um, she was the yearling manager there at the time. And um, 
I, I learned a lot from her and she has a, a good eye for detail in preparing yearlings and that. Um, so she she was there and also Sam Fagre was, um, I think, the stud manager there at the time and, and he's, you know, um, been a good, a great supporter of mine and, um, and he's given me direction um, over the years and things like that. So um, it was, I've met some great connections out of working at Arrowfield, yeah. Mm. Well, after Arrowfield, you worked for a while at the Mitchell family's Yarraman Park Stud where you got to know the champion stallion, I Am Invincible. Is he as good a type as they all say he is? He certainly is. He's a magnificent, lovely big horse, um, He's got a lovely temperament and attitude and, and he's just a pleasure to be around and his progeny, he certainly passed that on to them. They've got a great attitude and um, and certainly has shown um, on the track how how trainable they are as well as um, as mm. well as how they perform in that. Yeah. Always looking to further your experience and your knowledge, you enrol for a horse business management course at Marcus Oldham College in Geelong, Victoria. You were just out of school. Yes, that's right. Uh, after I spent the season um, prepping yearlings and going to the Magic Million sales, I went to Marcus Oldham College down there at Geelong. Mm. Um, and it's a 12-month course. Um, it was it was a really good eye-opener and learnt a lot of things. Um, I was able to do one of my practical placements in, um, in France. So... Mm. Um, that was that was a great opportunity to go over there and work with a, an Australian um, horseman who does a lot of work with top show jumper and and um, dressage riders. So mm. yeah, that was really good. That was Andrew Booth. Yes, that's correct. He is a um, country country born um, Australian out yeah. um, out near Dunedoo. I think he's from. Yeah. Mm. Well, you had another wonderful overseas experience when you spent a few months on a horse farm owned by an Australian called Clayton Frederick in Florida. You were really spreading your wings by this stage of your life. Yes, that's right. I certainly had the travel bug. I um, went and worked for Clayton for three or four months in Florida. Um, As you know, he has competed at the Olympics and um, has been successful. I worked there and um, also made good connections with some other um, show jumping trainers um, that were just down the road. Mm. It was it was a really good experience um, to work with um, with him and elite horses like that over there. Um, mm. And as you know, I was, hot, I was quite into my eventing and show jumping, so it um, it really really was a good educational experience. Mm. Well, moving ahead a little bit now to Palmerston North in New Zealand. You were over there preparing yearlings when a trainer called Gary Vile asked you to ride some track work for him at the local track. Little did Gary realise he was about to ignite a spark. Yes, that's right. I I went over to New Zealand to um, actually prepare yearlings for the Wellfield Stud for the Karaki yearling sales, and um, and I, I was riding a few free trains there at the farm as well and then um, I managed to um, get in touch with Gary Vile and started riding track work there in the mornings before I'd go to work and um, I, I became hooked on it and I absolutely loved it. Now, let's fast forward at this stage. You come back to Australia 
and you got yourself a job strapping and riding work for Gay Waterhouse. How long were you there? Yes, I was there, I think, about nine months or a touch mm. longer at Gay Waterhouse. Um, I, I was there riding work and strapping. I strapped a very a nice colt by the name of um, Thronum. He's now at some stud standing there. Mm. Um, look, it, it was a great experience, and I, I met some um, wonderful people out of working there. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time there with Gay and um, I have a lot of respect for her and, and you know, she runs a big operation and um, and she runs it well. Your first apprenticeship was with former jockey Peter Robel at Randwick. Was Peter still riding work at that stage? He was and I think he still is to this day. Um, mm. Look, Pete was a very good jockey and, um, and he, he taught me a lot and at the time perhaps I didn't really, I thought he was being a little bit harsh on me, but mm. looking back now, I really um, respect, you know, the work he put into me and um, and he was quite a perfectionist in terms of times and, you know, getting a style right and all that. So mm. um, he was he was good to work for and he certainly helped me, um, you know, to become the rider I am today. Mm. Took you a while to complete your mandatory 20 trial rides mainly because the bulk of Peter Robel's team were two-year-olds and the rules stipulate that apprentices can't ride two-year-olds when they're going for their ticket. Yes, that's correct. Um, he, he had a lot of horses there for Sedgino Stud and, um, as you said, it is a little bit hard um, to get your ticket because you can't ride horses that haven't raced or two-year-olds. And um, that. But, look, I was l- lucky to... Um, to have people like um, Tim Martin and and Jim and Greg Lee mm-hmm. and um, and Pat Webster there, like that, were able to give me trial rides and um, yeah. and also Les Bridge to yeah to get my license. So I'm very grateful for those trainers um, giving mm-hmm. me the opportunity. It was, however, Peter Robel who actually supplied your very first race ride, first of December 2017. It's not long ago. You rode a horse called Percussion. You were unplaced at Canberra, but your career was underway. Yes. Um, I had my first race ride at Canberra. Um, he was first up and that down there. He's probably a little bit outclassed too, but um, we were, went around, made it around safely and followed the field around. So I was just um, <laughs> I was, I was just glad to get my first race ride out of the road because I was so excited about it. Mm. Well, we've already mentioned that you transferred from Peter Robel to Sue Grills at Tamworth, and Sue was always very good, as you said, in letting you travel away for outside rides. And one of those rides brought you your very first winner. Now, Wendy, not many jockeys get to ride a cup winner first up, but you did. You won the Tumbarumba Cup for Scott Spackman on a grey mare called Didn't Even Kiss Me. Yes, that's right. I I was still actually working for Peter Robel in Sydney when um, I rode my first winner. Oh, were you? Yeah. Uh, yes, it was um, down at Tumbarumbra. I rode her on um, this oh, track that was on the side of a hill. I remember, and um, I remember, like when you're when you're first starting out, a lot of these trainers say, "Oh, it'll just win. It'll just win." And um, <laughs> I went up there and 
and Scott Backman said, it'll just wind us, jump her out and leave and she'll just run around. Anyway, so I jumped out and led and I remember I got called into the stewards room afterwards and I was like, oh no, what have I done now? Mm. They called me and they said, I've never seen someone with a smile on their face from about 100 metres out from the winning post. So she won <laughs> She won by a long margin and so... Um, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a great day to remember. And then she yeah. went on to win the Tumut Cup. So, yeah. Uh, fantastic. Two cups very early in your career. Yeah. Because of your willingness to travel long distances, you've unwittingly chalked up a statistic you may not even be aware of. Now, you've been race riding less than two years, but I don't know if you're aware of this, Wendy. According to the the records that I've got in front of me, you've ridden on 57 different race courses. Astonishing. Yeah, I, I can't believe that. Um, I've only been race riding for a couple of years and, and I didn't think that I'd clocked up that many kilometres, but um, I guess when you're travelling here, there and everywhere, um, it adds up. But um, I, I just hope, you know, I can continue to travel all over the place and um, go to new tracks and 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 um, ride there. It's just it's a great. That's the best part about this um, this job. It it at, sometimes you just think like it's hardly even a job. You know, we just get we're lucky enough to get paid for it. We get to go to new places, like especially when I went up to Alice Springs there a couple of times. Like you know, mm. you go up there. I would never, you know, just go up to Alice Springs for a weekend and. Um, it's a fantastic opportunity and meet new people and that. No, it's good. Now, looking at a couple of very remote places you've visited just lately, one of them is Louth on the Darling River. Now, usually the population sits on 50 or 60 people, but at cup time in August, that population explodes to about 4,000. It's a unique race meeting and you got to win the cup this year on Austin and he didn't he bolt in, he won by 10 lengths. Yes, that's right. He he certainly um, did perform well that day. Um, I love going to Louth races. It's a great meeting, like you said, a town with a population of about 40 people, if that, and it just explodes about four or 5,000, and everyone's there from out in the Western District just seems to um, go to Louth and he he's a funny horse. Um, he's not the most consistent horse with his form, but when he does turn up and um, perform mm. well, he, he he can get the job done. Well, shortly after the Louth meeting, you were one of a small party from Ningen to travel to the Queensland outback for a race carnival embracing three meetings. Rodney took eight horses. You were away for a month, and you raced at Batuta, Baduri and Birdsville. There were no cup wins, but you probably covered X's. You did win some races. I I did win the Baduri Cup. Which oh, was did you? The last, yes, I did. I rode mm. a double that day. Um, I won the Baduri Cup on Austin as well. Mm. And I rode a, a, another winner that day for um, Brian Jr. Dixon. That's um, Brian's son. He's from up Queensland Way. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it was it was a good trip. Um, I was very close to getting a winner at Birdsville meeting on a maiden. I got beaten by a nose. Um, it mm. was a great experience to go out there and and during the the week, like 
when there's nothing much happening, like we went fishing and um, and you know sit around the campfire and you meet a lot of a lot of people out there and um, that was also one of the connections I met to help me sort of get up to Toowoomba Way riding was um, Kevin Sims. He he worked for um, John Ferguson up there at Toowoomba and look, it was it was just a great time and. Um, to go out there and relax but get right mm. at the races. Um, it was very enjoyable. Good to get back to the basics every now and again, isn't it? It certainly is. And after you sleep in a swag for nearly a month, you, you, do, you do miss your bed though. <laughs> well, you were having a great trot in the autumn of this year when everything went belly up. It was a Sunday race meeting at Tamworth and you were one of five jockeys to fall in a spectacular pile-up. Rachel King, Greg Ryan, Josh Adams, Kath Bell Pittermack and yourself. Josh Adams is still out. Yes. Um, that wasn't a very good day at all. Um, it's just one of those things, you know, part and parcel of the sport. Um, you know, we know that accidents happen and it's just one of those things that we're all a bit unlucky. Greg Ryan's horse had only gone, what, I think we went a furlong, had a mm. heart attack. He was the first to come down. Mm. Um, then I was, I I came off, my horse was sort of following Greg from memory mm. and um, and he just like was blundering and that and I must have just lost my eyes and went over his head mm. and I came off and one of the horses that was behind me, it galloped past and it clipped my shoulder and that's what broke my shoulder. Um, mm. So that, yeah, was broken. And Rachel King, she she did her collarbone. So we both ended up down to um, Dr. Duckworth there in Sydney where he mm. um, put a plate and 10 screws in my shoulder and they're still in there to this day. Mm. But look, I, I do appreciate that I am rather lucky after that incident, you know, that I'm back riding. I was back riding, I think, within three months of the accident. So I'm very grateful for that because, mm. like, Josh Adams and Castell Peter make this still a long way from returning to the racetrack yet. Mm. Now, at the time, and this rubbed salt into the wounds, you were leading the point score in the Rising Stars Apprentices Challenge and you were brokenhearted when the fall stopped you in your tracks. Yeah, that's right. Um, I was just, I was just quite angry, like and frustrated about the whole situation. Like looking back now, I I appreciate how good of a run I was having. But at the time, I just took it a bit for granted. I was like, oh yeah, I'm riding when it's left, right, and centre, and mm. didn't really think too much of it. And I was leading the Rising Star series, and I came back after my injury. And I was still sitting about third, I think, on the leaderboard. But um, unfortunately, what I was most heartbroken about was the fact that I, I did have a ride at Randwick in the final, the Heat of the Rising Stars, but I just wasn't able. Uh, my horse was scratched and I wasn't able to go down and ride. So, yeah. Pretty tough. Mm. Wendy, just hold on there for a moment. It's time we cleared a commitment on the podcast. Back with you in a, just a couple of seconds. The English Digital Online Sales have changed the landscape of mixed Australian thoroughbred sales forever. Now, rather than wait for a mixed sale through the ring, 
owners, breeders and vendors can offer their product within a matter of days thanks to the twice-monthly English Digital Online Auctions. English now presents an online auction in the middle of each month and another at the end. Since going twice-monthly, the auction has averaged around 150 lots per sale and has exceeded a million dollars per sale with a clearance rate of almost 80%. To enter a horse or register a bid, visit EnglishDigital.com and follow the prompts or call 9399 7999. My special guest is the much-travelled Wendy Peel. Well, when you got back from the ravages of that accident at Tamworth, you came back with a bang because your first winner was in another cup race, the Gulgong Cup on a horse with a curious name. Mr Pumblechook, trained by Cody Morgan, was just the tonic you needed. He certainly was. I think um, I landed my first winner back. It might have been two or three weeks after being back race driving, uh, and he, he went out there, and I, I knew, you know, was Cody sending a horse to um, to a country um, non-tab meeting that he'd certainly be primed and ready to win. So I was quite confident when I jumped aboard Mr. Pumblechook and. Um, would be box seat and um, was able to peel out at the top of the straight, similar to my ride on Bells and Bows the other day, and he won the Golgon Cup. So that was great to get a winner um, after coming back from injury. Narrow little track, Golgon. You wouldn't want him running off the mm. course. No, definitely not. It, it, but they do a good job. Look, it was in good order, and um, I can't complain. It was well looked after. Yep. You know, you fancy a country cup. You've won the Tumbarumba, the Tumut, the Louth, the Gulgong, the Narramine, and the Baduri. Pretty impressive. Yeah, and the other day, the Warren Cotton Cup. So um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. I'm getting, um, you know, a few cups to my name, and hopefully I can um, keep winning a few more. I, I like these country cup meetings, and um, no, it is good. There's a long list of trainers who've supported you other than Sue Grills and Rodney Robb. Who are the ones you'd like to acknowledge on this podcast? Look, I I really have to um, – there's quite a few trainers that I have to thank, but um, look, Luke Morgan, um, he's been a very good supporter of mine and, um, and even up now to this day – you know, since I came back riding after my injury and that, and um, mm. I appreciate his support. Um, Cody gave me support early on, um, and I understand now, like he, you know, uses um, Sam Clinton and Aaron Bullock um, with the Australian Bloodstock Horses, and if he needs to claim, he'll put a claiming apprentice on. Um, Peter Sinclair's been a very good supporter of mine as well, and um, and Pete's a great horseman, and his horses are not far off the mark most times, especially if you're racing his home track at Moree. Um, obviously, Rodney's been a good supporter of mine and that and Sue Grills, obviously, my previous master. Mm. Um, yeah, there's there's quite a few. And, oh, and Gavin Gross, like, he's, mm. he's been there to give me rides and that. So, mm. like, the people that, that stick with you and 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 support you after after your injury, um, they're the 
you know, ones that, um, you know, mean a lot to you. And obviously mm. the Luns, both uh, Mick and Gary Lund. Mm. You've had a few role models among fellow jockeys, but there's one for whom you have tremendous admiration. And I refer to Blake Shin, who's currently in Hong Kong. He's a bloke who won a Victorian Jockeys Premiership as an apprentice and the Scobie Breezley Medal that season. He's won a Sydney Jockeys Premiership. He's won a Melbourne Cup. He's won a Golden Slipper. And he's enjoyed a great association with one of Australia's most popular horses, Happy Clapper. You are an unabashed Blake Shin fan. Yes, that's, that's right, John. Um, look, uh, Blake, Blake was um, quite good friends with Peter Robel um, and Blake was able to give me pointers and advice when I was um, down there doing my trials and, and riding track work and that and being able to ride a bit of work with Blake certainly um, helped me and I, I am a fan of his riding style. I I really um, believe he works hard, especially with his weight, and to and and he is so determined and tough on himself. And I admire that a lot about Blake. And and I um and I hope he is able to get a few more opportunities over there in Hong Kong and that because he certainly deserves them. I believe he's one of the better riders here in um, in Australia. And he did well when he went to America as well. And um, mm. so I, I appreciate Blake's um, advice and support. Your favourite horses to date include Ozark, which you describe as the fastest horse you've actually ridden. He's had an interesting history. He went from John O'Shea to James Cummings to Cody Morgan. He's won seven races and you rode him in one of those wins at Musselbrook. You were pretty wrapped. Yes, that's right. I think I I rode him down there. It uh, may have been Melbourne Cup Day twelve months ago um, as his first run for Cody. And mm. look, he, he gave me like um, an electric turn of foot. Um, he probably is one of the fastest horses I have ridden, and um, and I believe he'll go on to hopefully win a few more for Cody. The other horse that does um, that I really do love is. The Mosa that Rodney Rob trains. Um, look, mm. I, I've had a lot of um, success with the Mosa. I think out of all of his, I think I've won four races from five rides on him, or something like that. There's only one race we didn't win together, and mm. and um, he's a bit of a tricky horse to ride. And and you wouldn't believe it, I'm the only one that's ever won on him. He's had two other jockeys on him, and um, mm. he's gone close, but uh, he's just a, a tricky horse and. I look forward to getting back on him in a few weeks' time. So, Another of your favourites is Blinkin' Fast, trained by Sue Grills, part-owned by your mum, Karen. You won a couple of races on him, Dubbo and Scone. He's racing at the moment, isn't he? He, he, he is. Uh, he went around uh, the last weekend at Moray. He ran fourth. So Yvette Lewis rode him. Um, she gave him every opportunity. And that um, is an open race, so a little bit stronger than what he has been running in. But look, I, I bought a share in, in Blinkin' Fast for my mum because the owner, um, Errol, he, he passed away and Sue wanted to purchase a horse, so she got a few people together and I um, and I thought it'd be nice to buy a share for my mum, so I yeah. did that. And, and I'd love to you know, find another horse I can um, buy a share for my mum in. 
It's just, um, you know, something she's always wanted to to, ha- to do and have an interest in, but um, she just, you know, hasn't um, gotten around to it, so I thought I'd do mm. something nice for her. You're a good daughter. <laughs> Thank you. Now, in 23 months of race riding, you've stayed in the bush. You've only had a handful of rides on the provincial tracks and none in the metropolitan area. So you've got that beautiful, appealing provincial and metropolitan allowance up your sleeve. Yes, I, I do. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware um, Toowoomba, it is provincial, so oh. I, that's why I am starting to try and get my foot in the door up there to sort of open um, a few opportunities, hopefully, for when I do move up the Brisbane Way next year. So I'm trying to go up there and utilise my three kilos. Alice Springs actually also does come under provincial meeting, um, and I have ridden a couple of winners there, so... That's good as well. Um, I've only, like you said, had a handful of rides in the provincials at I think Wyong and Gosford and that, and um, a couple of placings, but no winners um, down there yet. But um, I, I just want to, you know, keep chipping away and slowly working my way down there. I think like the opportunities will come when I'm riding well enough, and um, when the trainers, you know, want to give you a go, they will. You've got 85 winners on the board in just 23 months of race riding, which is pretty impressive. You're keener than you've ever been. How's the weight? Weight? My weight's fantastic. Look, I'm walking around um, about 50 and a half kilos. Um, I am lucky to, um, you know, to sort of be able to walk around under 51 kilos. I just watch what I eat and... And um, plenty of work out here at um, Rodney um, keeps me alive as well. So, no, my weight is good. I'm very lucky like that. You're a very special girl, Wendy Peel. You've chased the dream. You've worked hard. You've made a lot of friends. Good luck in all you do down the track, and it's been a delight to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you very much, John. I really appreciate you having me on here this morning. Um I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and and it, it is really good to be able to listen to them, especially while I'm driving and doing so many kilometres and um, they're rather interesting to hear people's story and I'm grateful for you to um, put mine on there today. Thanks for your kind words and this was Wendy Peel, our special guest on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound. This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Inglis.